0: We'll Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap. Not as happy as last week, obviously, uh, but we got to take the good with the bad on this roller coaster. And joining me on the ride is none other than Mac. How are you going, Mac?
1: Uh, oh, better not. Was yesterday watching that rubbish that got served up.
0: <laughs> oh, look, it's uh, you know one of those things, isn't it? We got to. Uh, I'm a little bit philosophical about it. Uh, we're still a young team and we're still developing, and the Bulldogs got us on the inside really badly. And uh, we just didn't have a counter in the end, did we? I didn't think we had very
1: much at all. I, and I, yeah, I, I just thought that in terms, you know, we were undermanned. I accept that. I also thought we were a little bit under effort as well, which I didn't like.
0: Yeah. Look, uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on YouTube and also on Discord, of course. Uh, we're live and interactive as always. So uh, if you want to have something to say and you're on the Discord live stage, you can stick your hand up and we'll get you on for a chat. Otherwise, uh, chat away in the YouTube and Discord chats there. It's always good. We get about, you know, we get anything between 700 and 1,000 chat messages a week, Mako. It's fantastic. It is. That's very good. Yeah, and some of it even makes sense. A fair bit. <laughs> oh, let's not give them too much credit, but they go all right in the chat. They go all right in the chat. Um, look, uh, as I said, um, thanks to everyone who's joined us. Don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe if you like what you're listening to and, and watching. Um, we're always uh, looking for more subscribers as we try to hunt thousand subs macker we're uh, two-thirds of the way there and we're inching our way along uh, so make sure if you're watching on youtube um spread the love spread the word with your mates who might uh, uh barrack for the crows and want to have something to listen to on a sunday night that isn't biased victorian rubbish or hyperbolic bullshit like cane corns uh, we try to do our best we try to do our best don't we make it to be balanced and uh Give some people uh, some actual Crows talk rather than all the usual bullshit.
1: We do our best, mate. I mean, we can't always be perfect, but we do try.
0: Absolutely correct. All right. Well, look, without any further ado, and before we get on to, you know, what is always our our main reason for being here, which is the Crows um, game, why don't we have a look at the weekend that's just been? Because it reasonably interesting weekend uh interested in your thoughts on the port game uh port uh, getting up over melbourne in a wet slog by four points in the end 80 to 76 um port in control for a lot of that game but kept the door open for the d's and they almost set through uh but port prevailing in the end yeah it was interesting game because before the game i looked at port and i thought
1: they got no dixon they got no marshall and they looked a little bit too small and because you looked at the rucks, uh, they've got Gorn and uh, Grundy, and up forward they've got about three tools, and I thought, yeah, that they'll overpower them. Then the rain came and actually went the other way round because port were undermanned under with yeah. tools. Yeah. And... Sure. Uh, yeah, it just suited them a lot better. But having said that, they still had to do the effort. And they, and I thought their effort was outstanding. When you look at what Butters did, for example, 40 disposals and, and just risking his body so many times to get the ball. Rosie, he was outstanding. And then he kicked the winning goal. And Horn Francis, he sort of gave us a taste of what he's going to be. And yeah, you wish sort of you, you had him after all because he played pretty well. So I thought it was, if you wanted to sum it up, I thought a dedicated port, suited by the way that got up and beat. A, a better rated
0: opponent. I actually thought Melbourne played arrogantly and lazily, uh, whether they're just going through the motions. I I recall that, you know, in in Geelong's halcyon days, uh, there were times during the course of the season where they looked a little bit arrogant. Um, Mm. I felt like Melbourne looked a little bit arrogant. Goodwin's going to have to be careful of that because uh, it's all right to uh, be on cruise control and try a few different things and, different setups and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, Melbourne lost a game that was just really all about getting the footy. And uh, at the end of the day, Port just wanted a bit more, I thought. Thumbs to that. Uh, another interesting game, North doing everything right and then stuffing up their interchange at the end to uh, hand the victory to Sydney by three points, 93 to 90. Um, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry on that one.
1: Well, bloody cruel finish, really. I mean, there's oh, no yeah. doubt. The, there's no doubt the side set themselves uh, to try and win the win the game for Clarko's sake, and um, I mean, they even had a break at the 23 minute mark yep. for number yep. 23, poor former num- uh, number, and uh, yeah, it was a vastly improved effort by by the Roos, and should have won the game, but then that. Uh, it's just like in the dying 30, I think the 30-odd seconds of the game, two players came off and two went on. But unfortunately, they only had one interchange left. And, they only had one left,
0: know, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I just can't believe that you got an interchange bloke there. And apparently they had been warned by the AFL that they were getting close. They had been warned. So, you know, I don't think that guy's going to be doing it next week. But well, uh, No, disappointing. Because it would have been good if the Roos had won.
0: I mean look it would have been but it w- this is a professional league this is the highest standard of of league that you can get in Aussie rules football and for a professional club to make that kind of a mistake was just ridiculous absolutely absolutely
1: they had a couple of good youngsters in Sheelan and uh, Wardlaw they went very well so they will be a good part yeah, well, <laughs> had...
0: I mean Sheelan's had a good year so um, yeah And in the boil over of the round, of course, we had Frio or Wally Lup. Wally Lup. Wally Lup. Wally Lup. Something like that. Um, 29 points over the Cats. Uh, You know, Mm. the Cats at Optus Stadium, I guess they needed to drop one at some stage. And uh, Frio played quite well.
1: Uh, They won the game in the middle, really. Um, Darcy absolutely slaughtered them in the ruck. And uh, Brayshaw and Sarah, yeah, they got just heaps of the ball. In fact, Geelong really didn't fire too many shots at all because uh, no. no no big Geelong player got more than 20 disposals. And, if, you know, if you're in that situation, you're not going to win the game. And uh, if, you, if you have a look at the team stat three oh one, every team stat, and the only one they yeah. didn't win was turnovers. Geelong won that one. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, Geelong not so good when they're away from Alphabet
0: Stadium. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean... You know, it's a you know I I don't know I'm not reading too much into that one. I just think it was it was a good win for Frio, um, and I don't think it affects Geelong too much. Um, The the Q Q clash uh, the Suns disappointing uh, I thought Uh, Brisbane easily in the end by forty three points one
1: hundred seven to sixty four. Yeah, the the forty three point margin sort of disguises a little bit though. Because uh, the Gold Coast was very competitive for three quarters and five minutes, and uh, uh, they, they were about five points down. And uh, But that was unfortunately where it stopped, and Brisbane went into top gear, and uh, uh, they had a very powerful midfield. I mean, Dunkley, Neil, Ashcroft, McLuggage, um, and Neil turned. Neil, he was at his very, very best for the game. He went right back to his very best formula, he won the Ashcroft medal. So, um, yeah, they just slaughtered them in the midfield, and then they had Danaher at four that could convert. As I said, the um, Gold Coast were in, quite impressive for three quarters. They did find a young gun in Humphrey. I mean, twenty-six disposals and best for goal care uh, Gold, Gold Coast. Sorry, and um, yeah, it was only probably fourth or fifth game, so um, it's not all doom and gloom. But yeah, they did disappoint in the last quarter.
0: Look, at some stage we have to stop. Saying good effort Geelong, and I think that happened at the beginning of this yep. season. Maka, Gold Coast, you uh, good, good, good effort, Gold Coast. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Look, yeah, I, I do agree. With you. I, I thought we had a really good game on our hands, and then it just died in the last quarter. So you are right. Yeah, uh, they got to be better than
0: that. Uh, look, and the game of the round easily uh, the Essendon Richmond game, Essendon getting up by a point right at the death, uh, seventy-one to seventy. Um, you know, I wasn't the highest quality game, but certainly exciting finish.
1: It was a good, actually. Uh, apart from the game, it was a great spectacle pre-game, and also at yeah, half time. fantastic. I just, I just thought it was done so well, and um, and then a good footy match to go on with it. Um, not the highest of standards, but close and well fought out. And uh, uh, Essendon kicked the winning goal with uh, eight seconds to go, which absolutely pleased me because I was barracking for them. Um, yeah, um, always, always battle against Richmond, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Merritt was outstanding. You know, he had 39 disposals. Uh, Taranto was very good for Richmond, but not the same quality of disposal that Merritt's got. As I said, it was, a, it, was a, it was a great spectacle, pretty good game to watch, but not not high standard.
0: No, not the highest of standard. Um, and look, the Eagles pretty much uh, today cementing their spot in the Harley Reid Medal. Uh, it was an absolutely woeful performance where you're talking about the bottom team playing the third bottom team and you get a 116 point drubbing. Goodness me, Macca. Goodness me.
1: Well, I'm not going to honour them by giving them much of a commentary at all. When, When you get beaten by 116 points, I want to make one comment. Gaff, team disposals. Look, mate, if you're not interested in playing AFL football, give it away because you are supposed to be a good footballer and you were just a lazy squibber. And uh, uh, they've probably got about six or seven players in at the moment of AFL standard West Coast, and that's where it starts and
0: stops. Well, play, I would say playing to, Adela- uh, to AFL standards. Uh, they've got more players that are AFL standard, but they're just not playing to it. And, you know, West Coast are prone to these sort of seasons. We've, we've let them off the hook the last couple of years because they've had and even this year you know terrible injury count and all the rest of it but by god you know they were contending three years ago and now they're they're an absolute rabble i reckon i reckon two thirds of the sanfl could beat west coast at the moment yeah i I reckon i couldn't disagree with that i mean it's just disgusting and and how there's no commentary on simpson i don't know I
1: I don't get it either. I mean, if he any other club, he'd be attacked. But surely, surely this will be his last year. Surely, they have to do something. I mean, as I say, they're not even worthy of discussion.
0: No, not really. Uh, And then the other games today, we had uh, Carlton failing by twenty-eight points over Collingwood, eighty-five to fifty-seven. Collingwood just too good, really.
1: Well, you know, that's the fifth loss in a row for Carlton. So Carlton aren't a very good side, I uh, mean. Um, no, Collingwood swept them away in the first half with I thought was some scintillating football, where, you know, where they were sort of running waves and uh, they, they go zigzags, And, and they, they really, uh, they played unbelievable football in that, in that first half. But then uh, after half-time, I, Carlton did come out and they competed a lot better and they restricted. They started to tag certain players and, um and they actually kicked three nine to three two in the second half and but mm. you know um they not didn't do it smoothly and but they did have opportunities and they blew it but uh no that collingwood you can see why they are one of the one of the premiership favorites and i think you can see why carlton are probably not regarded with merit too highly at all uh going by the game i thought darcy Moore was outstanding in the back lines and um I don't know whether there was
0: a medal. jet, Darcy Moore.
1: Game. Yeah, unbelievable game. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I just want to make a comment, which I did read in the, in the commentary about the game. The Pies have won 17 of their last 18 at MCG, and that's only since round 11 last year. I mean, this it's not an even competition by a long, long chalk.
0: Well, I mean, we'll talk briefly about our situation with the draw shortly, um, but I... Th- you know, I think at some point it didn't seem to be this disjointed until they started. They changed the way they did the fixture, and you know they were they were trying to plug in you know big matches every week and all the rest of it. Um, and since then, since they changed the way they did it, they divided it into six, six, six. Although you wouldn't know it given bloody Melbourne's draw this year, but anyway, um, it just seems to have like. It, it, you're right ma So we don't get to the MCG until round 15 and we've probably done more kilometers so far as a club than any other uh, team in the competition. Yeah. And it I don't care what anyone says. that takes a toll and apart from the home ground advantage, um, it, it, it's just it's hours in a plane, it's a disrupted or you know uh, adjusted training schedule, all the rest of it. You can't tell me that doesn't make a difference. It's a massive difference. A massive difference.
1: It's an unfair competition.
0: Yeah. And the games that we do play at the G, it's Collingwood and Melbourne, isn't it? Or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's always got to be one of the big four. Yeah. So it's Collingwood and Melbourne and I, th- I can't remember the other one. It might be Carlton or Richmond or someone.
1: Uh, Essendon and
0: Richmond. Essendon. There you go. Oh, Essendon is at Marvel, I think. Um, oh, Okay. Yeah, but look, you know it's ridiculous. Uh, There's there's a good chance that we will play if we play finals. It's a good chance that we'll be playing away at one of those two venues, and um, we hardly get a sniff at it.
1: Yeah, it's it's just an unfair competition.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, you know, will they listen? Will we kick up a fuss? I mean, I understand uh, the mentality of you know you've got to win anywhere, and that's fine. I and absolutely you do but it, there's, it borders on ridiculous like when you look at um, and look not for one minute do I think that's why we lost this week but when you think about the fact that we have played in three regional centres already in Geelong, Tassie and Mars, we played two games at TIO unfair. what the hell Macca? do we play it at Canberra it. this year? We
1: don't know, but we probably will.
0: Do we? Do we play the away team in China or something? I don't know. It's just I don't know. It it, it it's it doesn't seem right. It, it's a problem that I think needs to be resolved. And you know, I was only thinking about this not long ago, and it's something I meant to raise with you at the time. Remember when um, the non-Victorian teams were dominating the competition, and Eddie Maguire had a a, a slight you know, the cardiac arrest about it. And there was this big summit between all the Victorian clubs about how they were going to strengthen the Victorian side of it and all the rest of it. And how many how many non Victorian teams do you reckon have won since then, Mac? Not many.
1: No. And and that's going to be very, very hard for non Victorian teams to do it.
0: Uh, last game of the round, of course. Uh, I didn't see this one, but I was following the score and uh, it seemed to be a close one all the way, but the Saints getting up in the end by 12 points, 92
1: to 80. Yeah, I watched the last part of that game. I um, And Toby Green, I mean, he's a, a damn good footballer, but there's something wrong with him mentally. Um, they're about eight points down. They've got it in their forward line. There's about five minutes to go. And... Uh, there's a there's a bit of a tussle and the umpire calls for a bounce and Toby Green just turns around and punches somebody in the guts and uh, you know the ball gets cleared from the area when, when it may well have been uh, after the throw could have been a chance for a goal I mean it, it, he's a good player but gee, it, it, there's something un, unbalanced about his thinking
0: Yeah and uh, as uh, Go Crows in the YouTube chat points out uh, Max King returns and keeps four and probably the difference in the end
1: yeah, they're saying in the chat it was soft, but, but and it was soft. But you still did it. You know, the umpire saw it.
0: Yeah, and Max King? Sorry, what was that? Max King? Max
1: King, four goals. Um, yeah, it was a welcome return down there. Um, and I think probably the difference, because um, they, you know, they... Uh, uh, GWS, they just ever had a, the same counterpart, and they were just relying on uh, random players to kick goals, whereas they they did have a target at kick with uh, Max King back.
0: I think it makes a big difference for St Kilda. I think he's a very important addition, Mako
1: Oh well, it, you know, it always lines up the way you attack it, doesn't it? I mean, it's like no Walker for us, and we had no balance going going forward. Oh, but,
0: I uh, no, no no. No, Walker made no difference to our game. We'll go into that in a minute, but I didn't think that was the case at all. Well, you know, we may dispute that point, and, but and I,
1: but coming back to the one, the point at hand, you're right, quite right about uh, Max King. He gave us the tall target. He does kick four, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so, and, he, and the ones he doesn't get, the crummers get a chance at.
0: Yeah. So they might rejuvenate a bit, particularly when the other lad that got concussed against us uh, comes back as well. It gives them a couple of targets up there, so uh, Saints not out of it yet. Let's have a look at the ladder quickly. Uh, Collingwood obviously in front now, game clear. Uh, Brisbane and Port now jumping into the top four uh, on 32 points. Melbourne on 28, remaining in the four with St. Kilda and the Western Bulldogs and Geelong. Uh, uh, sorry, St. Kilda and Western Bulldogs on 28 points. And then a two-game gap, Macca, which is interesting. To two teams in and two teams out. Geelong and Adelaide in on percentage. Geelong with a with a healthy percentage. Um, uh, Essendon and Frio just out. Then you've got Carlton, the Swans, Gold Coast, Richmond, uh, the Giants, Hawthorne, North and West Coast. I think there's no doubt, of, no doubt at all that Harley Reid will either head West or they'll get a couple of nice tasty picks for him uh, to go to North or Hawthorne.
1: Well, there's no doubt the West Coast are going to finish bottom because there's no way they're going to win any more games. Um, no,
0: they're just not.
1: But I, I, I just wonder whether they'll even uh, uh, apply for a, an extra pick. You know, um, North Melbourne got one one year and they look so bad, they just might get it.
0: Look, it's not out of the equation. Um, I don't necessarily know how I feel about it. Um, but it's not out of the equation
1: I don't like it I really don't like it I think if you if you're down the bottom and you're rotten, that's your problem but um you know they've, they've uh, handed them out before to I think Carlton've got a couple and uh North Melbourne have got it got at least got one
0: yeah uh, I I would think that West Coast would try to um I don't think they'll take Harley Reid to be honest with you I think they'll try and turn that into a couple of picks which is what North should have done with Horn Francis a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, they should have.
0: So uh, just a reminder, those that are on YouTube or in, uh, sorry, in, in the Discord chat, if you do want to have your say, please stick your hand up. Uh, we've got a nice, healthy audience tonight. So, well, healthy numbers. I don't know whether they're Phil Crook or not, but um, so if any of you guys want to uh, have something to say, I noticed Vardy Magic's in there, Macca. Vardy Magic's in there, Um silent as always um <laughs> uh, stick your hand up and we'd love to have you on board um just before we move on to our game what do you think about the whole situation with um clarko and the uh, indigenous uh, review down at uh, hawthorne
1: i've never seen anything mismanaged so badly actually the whole situation i mean the Situation was that they lodged their complaints, so the AFL and and uh, Caroline Wilson had the two guys get getting executed virtually on the spot. Um, the AFL then said they were going to set up an inquiry. It took them a month to even uh, get people set up, and they I don't seem to have done much in the last seven months. And uh, now they've got a situation they're talking about mediation, but uh, the. Indigenous side of it want a mission of guilt and recompense before they even start mediating. So, I mean, that's never going to work. Um, so so Clark, Clarkson and favor are actually saying um, they're not going to have mediation um, because of the they, they themselves, they may be suing uh, for their, their reputation. So it's just a, a great big mess up and it's a way that you know, Gil McLaughlin, for all the uh, the superb adjectives he gets given to him at times, I think he's a ditherer, and he just, just bumbles along until things eventually happen.
0: Do you think so, Maka?
1: Yeah, well, eight months. Eight months we're talking about. I mean, it's a situation that should have been resolved very, very quickly, I would have thought. I mean, either something was said or things weren't
0: said. So my take on it is that they did exactly what they had to do to make sure that this, the details of this weren't uh, made public in a way that was confirmed. Um, it was an absolute whitewash by the AFL. Oh, it's and going we, to be. We we said this was gonna happen right at the outset, Macca, that they would make it go on and on and on until it just became uh like untenable. Like it just became a whitewash. And that's exactly what's happened. I don't think Gil McLaughlin is silly. He's not you- silly. And the AFL aren't silly. And I think that they've let this go on, they've left it up to the parties, the parties haven't been able to come together, the indigenous people involved have not wanted to come to the table in terms of mediation. Um, I think they've hung a few people out to dry. Um, I think particularly Clarkson and um, uh, Fagan. Fagan. They've they've left him out to hung them out to dry a bit. Uh, but I also think that um, the uh, thanks uh, Ryan. Uh, I also think that the um, AFL and Clarkson and Fagan would have been having discussions. And uh, I found it very interesting that Kennett came out on the day after Clarko uh, took leave and said, look, the AFL can't handle this. It wasn't supposed to become public, that report. Once it did, uh, you know, it just got out of control. And what we need now is for the AFL to put a judge in charge and just get it sorted. And within 24 hours, that's exactly what happened.
1: So, but yeah, it's still uh, it's either a deliberate or um, accidental, and then deliberate uh, whitewash by the AFL. Uh, yeah, they, and and I don't. And know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. not I'm, sorry, go on. Sorry, I gotta say, I don't, surely they have it so much criticism. I I just don't understand. It it probably is but I suppose you're right, but but. Eight months, you just you just don't go on for eight months. Just, that's ridiculous,
0: mate. Look what they did with the SNN investigation.
1: Well, yeah, I think you know. You know there is either the truth or there isn't the truth, and you got, they just got to find that out. And I don't think it, t- it is that complicated to find it out.
0: I don't. I don't think they were interested in finding out, Macker. They've always wanted to bring this to the mediation table. They've always wanted to make um, uh, restitution under the cover of an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. They they knew that neither party was ever going to come to the table in a public forum, and they just let it play out and let it play out and let it play out. Fantastic poker game by Gill and the AFL. Fantastic poker game, in my opinion.
1: But as an individual... Do you think that that is a very good thing to do? I mean, that might have. Of course it might not.
0: Good. Of course not. But like that—that's not the—that's not what we're debating here. Um, you know, I, I think. I think. Um, you know, there's a lot of in- interesting things that have happened around this case, Macron. I don't want to we'll spend too much more time on it, but we'll spend a minute on it. Um, you know, first of all, it was the report. The Hawthorne Commission, let's let's not forget the Hawthorne Commissioned a survey of past indigenous players mm. uh, to to gauge whether or to address uh, issues that have that had occurred at Hawthorne. And a lot of those were around um, uh Cyril Rioli, um, and how he left and, and the fractured relationship that he has with the Hawthorne Footy Club. And let's let's face it, Jeff Kennett was implicit in that from what he said to uh Cyril's uh wife or partner um so that that report was supposed to be internal and then however it occurred Egan got hold of of it and leaked it to the to the press and the ABC ran with it and then you know from there it has just been a tug of war between the AFL the and the interested parties about how it was going to be handled and the AFL was never ever 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 going to turn this into a public firing squad for those three Hawthorne um, coaches, those those three officials, Clarkson Fagan mm. and, and the other guy, footy operations mm. guy. Never, ever was that going to happen. So uh, they have just let it run, in my opinion, until it gets to a point where what will happen now is that it will be mediated out and we'll all get along with our lives and there'll be a book written at some stage in the future. Yeah, I just think it's just grateful. Absolutely just grateful. Yep. Yep. And for all this to occur in the week leading up to Indigenous Round is, I wouldn't even call it ironic. I think it's just sad. It's it's such a double standard. And I don't, I don't want to get our podcast into hot waters. I don't know who's right, who's wrong. I don't know what happened. Um, all, all I'm commenting on is, is my view on the way the AFL have handled this, which is the same way they have always handled crises, Macca, and that has tried to... Ha- Andrew Demetrio's mantra was always to try and keep things in-house. He tried as hard as he could to do it with the Essendon saga, and in yeah. the end it just got away from him. Uh, but this, this is AFL crisis management 101, Mac. I just
1: think it's a thorough disgrace. A thorough disgrace and it happened in any other other walk of life anywhere else it would never got away with it
0: yeah so you know and it's damaged people i mean you know more power to chris fagan for continuing on with the job obviously al clarkson um you know it was getting on top of him in terms of the publicity and you hear reports of him not being served in service stations because of what he's alleged to have done and uh you know that's the, that's the problem, and and that's where the AFL had a had a um, had an obligation, in my view, to get it get it sorted for the betterment of all parties. And uh, as a consequence um, of them not doing so, you know, people's lives are, have been affected negatively, not only directly by the people involved, but indirectly with you know wives and kids and children, you know, all the rest of it. So. You know, but that's what the AFL does. As a, as PJ and I have talked about before, there's a very good book out um, that uh, will let you know exactly what the how the AFL operates. And uh, this, to my way of thinking, is just AFL crisis management one hundred and one. Unfortunately,
1: I still think there could, there could well be legal action involved in this situation.
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. It'll be mediated out there'll be money paid and that'll be the end of it. Well, that might happen, yes. Yeah, it'll never get to a court. It'll never get to a sworn statement, Maka. It will never get to anyone giving any evidence under oath. I could almost, I'd, you know, bet a lot of money on that.
1: I think you might have hit the nail on the head there when you said that it'll be uh, uh, paid off to go away.
0: Anyway, look, enough about that. Um, you know, we shouldn't be surprised, but it is disappointing, as you say, Mac. Let's talk about the Crows game and equally disappointing, Macca. In the end, it was only a 45-point margin. It should have probably been a 90-point margin, really. Uh, the dogs kicking wastefully. 11 19, 85 to Adelaide. Five goals, ten forty. And as much as last week was a, a complete team performance, Macca, this was a complete shambles.
1: Yeah, look, you're still on my line. I was going to say, I thought the margin should have probably been uh, double what it was, uh, given the fact that uh, uh, they absolutely trounced us. And, and uh, Yeah, they did. And, I thought, and, you know, as I said to you at the start, it turned the clock back two to three years to performances we used to put up at, at, at that stage. And and I know we had good players out in Walker, Dooday and Phil Fort, and uh, unfortunately Hinge got injured. And, Yes. Okay. You don't necessarily have, have all the personnel you want, but every you still within you have to have effort. And if that was the best effort that some of our players have given, we're not in very good shape. In fact, if you look back at some of our performances, uh, many, many of those players are very a long way down on their efforts. You know, they, yeah. they weren't. They were reacting rather than acting. Right? They were uh, just trying to
0: stop rather than create. Uh, it's exactly right, Mecca. Um, we was led to the ball all day. Um, not once did I feel like we were um, making any effort to be first to the contest. Um, and they just they beat us at our own game. I mean, really, they were, they were first to the ball. They were better around ground ball gets. They were able to get it to the outside. They spread really well. Everything, basically, that we did against St Kilda, they did to us and unfortunately uh, we had absolutely no drive out of the contest whatsoever Um, and what happens to a Crows team when we can't spread would just go up and down the lines and that's exactly what happened Um, we weren't able to get any width on the ground whatsoever we weren't weren't able to break them up at all defensively Um, and that's where I think my argument is regarding what you mentioned earlier with no text, no Crows I don't think tanks would have made a scrap of difference. Macca, to be honest, it wasn't lost in the forward line.
1: No, 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 it, wasn't, it certainly wasn't lost in the forward line. Uh, I am just saying the forward line had no structure. Uh, but that was more probably, you're probably right uh, in the sense that um, he wouldn't have reversed the result. He would have helped a little bit. But um, yeah, but although, I don't think the it route, would
0: have made a scrap of difference.
1: Oh, you take out a a dud and put in a walker it's got to make some difference but it's not not enough to to bother the scorers too much um it, i just didn't like that we were happy too many players just happy to chase bums and run rather than get their hands dirty and get in there and you know i could probably name three or four players that i thought could hold their heads up high um you know i thought Leedy could i thought jones could i thought peddler could I thought uh, O'Brien could, and probably Murray could, and Dawson to some degree. And after that, I looked at the rest of the side and I thought, "You all stink."
0: Yeah, they didn't seem to have an appetite for it, did they, um, Maka? Um, you know, obviously, I think there's a, there's a couple. There was a couple of worrying signs for me from a couple of players. I'm not going to say that Josh Rashelli is soft. But I felt like, at, I feel like in the last few weeks, what I'm noticing more and more about Josh Rochelle is that he chooses when to go, Mac. Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, and there was actually,
1: I thought there was one blatant squib actually in the game by Rochelle, by, Richelli, uh, by mm-hmm. actually making, making sure he never went, because if, if he went there, there was a good chance he might have got knocked over. So yep. that. There was one. There was one incident, and and I thought there was one last week as well. Um, yeah. So you are right. He, uh, um, he he does pick his moments. Uh, he's a bloody good player. Don't get me wrong, but he certainly doesn't like to take the risk of getting flattened.
0: No, and that's that's a concern. That's a real concern from my point of view, Mac, because we all know that finals are physical games. And we can't afford to have, like, you know, if you'd asked me at the start of the season who I thought might play like that, I would have said Isaac Rankin. But to be honest with you, I think Isaac um, has surprised many by his willingness to get involved in the contest. Um, I wouldn't have thought Joshua Shelley would have been that. And I hope that uh, it's being pointed out to him in the tapes and in his review because uh, I don't want to pick six to end up being like uh, Rory Atkins,
1: oh, I don't think he's uh anywhere near an Atkins. Um, but I don't it's know, just, a, but it, no, he doesn't do it like, like consistently throughout a game. But there's just those one um, is where you, you know if you take the ball, you're going to get absolutely cleaned up. And uh, I think he just just takes a shorter steps, so he's not quite there. Um, and you're right. Like, you're right about Rankin. Rankin is okay. He doesn't scribble at all.
0: No. Um, so you know, and there, I, I, I felt like um, I, I would have been. I, look, if I was to say who was more costly out than than out of Walker and Duda, um Dude definitely, particularly when Hinge went down too. We lost any drive at yeah. the back of the contest and. You know, we spoke last week about the, a lot of our disposal winners uh, being off halfback, Miller pa- Parnell, um, Duda, uh, and and Hinge. And I actually thought Hinge's the the loss of Hinge hurt us uh, terribly, probably as much as it hurt him. Um, and and Tom Duda not being there uh, also just really left us a little bit unbalanced. Uh, I thought Parnell tried hard. Um, not so uh, Miller. I thought Miller was back to his old ways, particularly in the first half. Um, But we lost a lot of drive off that half-back line, and I think that hurt us more than Tex not being there, Mac, in my opinion.
1: Oh, well, you can't argue about that because that's where the ball was living down that end. So um, Duda uh, would have been very, very handy to have, and Henge has been in great form, and to, to lose him so early in the game... Um, yeah, I, I I think that just opened the defence right up because those two have been the stars in defence um, you know, Butts is a, a negator uh, Murray is a and, I, and he, I thought Murray played reasonably well um, and he gives 100% and he thumps and he bumps and he hurts and he tackles and all the rest of it but by the same token the other two actually take marks and use the ball well and, and give it to uh, to uh, teammates Parnell I thought tried hard but somebody's disposal was a disgraceful
0: yeah you know, um, I, I thought our uh, whole team our, our, our disposal in the wet was shocking it wasn't just parnell it was bloody everyone
1: well yeah it was pretty well widespread i thought honestly i thought jones is one of the better users of the ball for the team and um, you know he's i thought he played up to the standard that he's been playing and um Also, I thought he used the ball uh, reasonably well when he had it. One of the few that actually did.
0: Yeah, and as Rabbit rightly points out, we double-grabbed everything. We couldn't take the ball cleanly. Uh, We fumbled and stumbled around it. It felt like we were rabbits in the headlights. Uh, And, you know, that's where, like a lot of people jump jumped from one side of the fence to the other very quickly. Uh, To me, it was just a game where they didn't turn up um they weren't switched on you can't you know people that are very quick to start you know calling for this person to be dropped and that person to be delisted and all the rest of it you've got to look at a body of work because every team particularly a younger team goes through games like this uh, we've had a tough run um, it was a shit day and yes you want them to stand up and certainly when we're contending. Uh, you want them to stand up. We're not contending yet, Mac. And so I am i don't want them to to put this in the bank and throw it away, but I don't want people to be dwelling on it because we have actually been playing well for the majority of, of the season. Um, and we played an excellent game against St Kilda, um, St Kilda, who were above us on the table. Um, so, you know, let's just cool our jets a little bit uh, before we start calling for the whole squad to be turned over, you know,
1: I said, sort of "Agree with you." Ben. I think you just have to say it's. Uh, we went to this bloody ground at Ballarat, that freezing cold, rotten ground. Um, you know, as I say, we, we, we're tourists. We go touring around Australia. Um, the boys had a good game at home last week. I don't know We were down a little bit in personnel But in terms of attitude We were down a long way And as you say I'm putting it down as a Um, uh, one-off You just can't have that many players Playing badly all at once uh, And just drop everybody As you say It's just one of those things That happens now and
0: again A team
1: just goes Absolutely shit out And they did it all on the same day
0: Vardy, Vardy in the chat saying his concern is we're relying on Adelaide Oval Comfort Zone too much. We beat Hawthorne and Tassie, and we only just lost to We put up a pretty good performance against Geelong at their shithole. Um, yes. You know, uh, we were up and about against GWS until we started melting. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a reasonable statement at all. And by the way... Um, do you think that the Victorian powerhouses might rely on the comfort zone of the MCG a bit? So you're allowed, you're entitled, do you think Geelong, you know, uh, rely on the comfort of their shithole every week? I mean, yep. that's what home ground advantage is all about and that's why the issue of the fixture is such a big deal.
1: 100% agree, Flint. You just summed it up well. And um, yeah, look, and we go to some of these shit house grounds that we're eventually
0: going to put in a real bad one. And it's, this was it. Yep, it's not the, it's not the performance we hope. The, the disappointing thing, I think, from my perspective is that it, out of the little block of games that we've had, which finishes with Brisbane next week, I, I yep. felt like this one was key. Uh, you know, we had a very good win against the Saints. But we've kind of negated that one by uh, putting in the performance that we did um against the bulldogs um you know if we could have just turned up and and given this one a shake um, but by the same token i think the bulldogs taught us that you only have to be off half a peg and you'll get blown away in this competition particularly when you're up around the top half of the uh, of the of the premiership ladder um you know they taught us how you needed to play the intensity you needed in these conditions so Good learning experience, and, you know, we are in a learning learning phase, Max, so, um, you know, a, a terrible game, a horrible game for us, but not. let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater.
1: Yeah, I think St Kilda are a, a perfect example. St Kilda looked like that last week um, when they came when they played against us, and then they've gone on to uh, GWS, and they've beaten GWS in a very competitive game. So you're quite right. It's not the end of the world. I mean, it's just a really rotten game, and it was terrible to watch. And uh, I can understand our supporters, you know, wanting to burn their membership and all the things on the spot when you go really mad and stupid at the time. But when you sit back and think about it, you just have to say, well, uh, just a shit house game, and we just move on.
0: Yeah. All right, let's look through some of the disposals and just see how shit we were. <laughs> yeah. Disposals three ninety nine to two ninety eight. We might as well just shut the podcast down right now. <laughs> uh kicks two twenty five to one ninety four. Handballs one seventy four to one oh four. That's an insane differential there. Inside fifties for all of that possession. Uh inside fifties fifty four to forty one. Um both teams disposal efficiency down, but ours was down a little bit more than uh the doggies uh our efficiency oh it's bloody doing this stupid thing again my apologies people uh our efficiency inside 50s only 18 shots from that 41 inside 50s Uh, our our delivery into forward 50 was diabolical let's be honest um you know it was rushed there was no system we didn't spread their zone at all so we were kicking into packs all the time um it was just you know we were relying on opportunist goals we weren't creating anything we weren't making ourselves hard to defend Macca. in my opinion it was very easy for them to defend us they had lockie jones there and um you know a couple of others and they just you know they dropped Tim english back a little bit sometimes and we were just very easy to to play against um free kicks i didn't think the umpires had their best game but not not that it made any difference but 19 to 12 in doggy's favor this is the one i wanted to talk about mac 72 to 35 hitouts. So Riley O'Brien has beaten, in terms of the basic hitout stat, he's doubled English's hitouts. And yet, I think from all of those, from 72 hitouts, 16 went to advantage. Yeah, I going to raise that particular point. He actually, in terms of
1: his ruck work, um, yeah, he got the handbook. Uh, Hand onto the ball a lot more than English did, and I remember two beautiful taps he did. Unfortunately, they went to the opposition right down their throats on their own, and uh, and that's one of the, one of his uh, major problems. That I, you know, he he worked. Look, the, the guy he worked his guts out. He's one person you cannot say did not try. He he really gave everything he's got to give. Mm. It may not be enough, but he gave what he what he has to give. Him. but the problem was is that he. For all the time he's been in the AFL now, you would think he'd be starting to direct the ball a lot better than he is.
0: It's, it's a real problem in my, in my opinion, Macca. and we've talked about it ad infinitum this season, but the connection between Riley and our, and our midfielders um, leaves a lot to be desired. And, you know, Riley's not always going to win the ruck, but when he is winning the ruck... It just we need to we don't get any advantage out of it. We may as well play Ned McHenry in the ruck and rove to the opposition's ruckman, because we don't get any advantage at all out of O'Brien, particularly in the middle. He's not as bad at stoppage, although at times, again, there doesn't seem to be any connection between what he's doing in the ruck around stoppage and where our midfielders are. Um, particularly at boundary throw-ins at times. But in the middle, he's just... It's pointless having him in there.
1: Yeah, look, around the boundaries, he is is a lot better around the boundaries because he generally just hit it forward. (laughs) And it just depends what angle it's going to go at. Um, But whereas in the centre, it's got 360 degrees it can go, so you're not really sure where it's going to end up. Um, And uh, whereas you've got the other major ruckman, you know, when you... I was watching in the um, um, the Brisbane Gold Coast game where two ruckmen who, uh, if they got the tap, it went to a player, to you know, and they good ruckmen.
0: Yeah, you know, and the interesting thing there's there's a stat that's only recently emerged because you know there always seems to be one stat that champion data seem to just sort of pull out of their arse every year that no one else gets to see, and that was the uh, they were talking last week about it the the what is it the first possession after out of the clearance or something which Mm -hmm. is like the next possession um Mm -hmm. which and they were saying that we were fourth or something in the league and whatever and you know it's interesting when you think about that stat and you look at our clearance numbers here Mm -hmm. 50 clearances to 40 overall 14 10 clearances 36 stoppage clearances to 6 and 34 and yet we got no value out of any of those clearances, in my opinion, and that is because the bulldogs didn't commit too many to the contest.
1: You mean at the centre bounces?
0: Well, or are you, are you, particularly
1: oh, around the ground. Oh, the, yeah, no, they're very, they're very good uh, around around the ground with their, with their their midfielders. I mean, they had Smith running around like a an unregistered dog, and. Um, uh, Bontempelli, Pelly went he starred as usual. So yeah, I, but you're not McCray picking and... up
0: what I'm you're not you're not picking up what I'm saying, Mac. I'm saying that we may have won those clearance stats, but we got no value out of them because we had oh, too many yeah. in at the contest and not enough outliers. And I think that's kind of where we were hurt by not having Duday and Hinge because they're very good at running off their man and providing that that outlet out of the stoppage. And when we didn't have that outlet out of the stoppage we we had nowhere to go, so often we would get the hat kick out of the clearance, or or the misdirected handball, or what what have yeah. you. But the next, I would love to have seen that next possession stat for this game because I reckon we would have been slaughtered at it. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. No, no argument there. Yeah. So you know, that, and that's why I think we did. And and he insured us a lot more than not having techs. And, um, you know, we because we never got that runner, And it's exactly how we played against St Kilda. We'd get the ball um, to the running halfbacks and, and they would, you know, spread the defence by uh, changing lanes and, and using those diagonal kicks. We weren't able to do that in the wet. Now, whether it was the wet conditions, whether it was just that we weren't organised uh, in terms of our midfielders or what have you, but it was a completely different game. There was no contingency for not having those runners Miller uh, wasn't as effective in providing that run Brody Smith uh, seemed to be hurried with a lot of his disposal and was dump kicking as he always does um, you know it really shows us how, how important uh, particularly minge, uh, minge, hinge that's not what I meant um, hinge <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah it's been a big weekend <laughs> <laughs> um it shows us how important mitch hinge <laughs> is to our clearance work i'm sorry <laughs>
1: yeah uh,
0: yeah yes hinge hinge <laughs> t- helps us get oh god let's just move on jesus christ every, every time you say it now I just can't stop laughing sorry mate <laughs> <laughs> all right uh shit all right possessions contested possessions obviously the other one 164 to 129 sorry my screen's bouncing everywhere um you know, and uncontested posies two thirty one to one fifty four. So they beat us at ground ball, and they also beat us at the on the outside marker. Uh,
1: I don't think we won anywhere, mate. I, I can't really think of
0: anywhere that we won. No, no, we got pantsed. We got pantsed. Uh, simple as that. Um, you know, so mark seventy seven to sixty three wasn't really a marking day. Mark in, inside fifty eight to five contested seven to five. Um, but here's the other one that tells you how much we uh, we missed minge and tom Diday. uh seventy three to fifty seven in favor of uh the bulldogs um you know Bailey Dale across cross half back there uh, we had nothing we had no intercepts no, we didn't
1: uh because we didn't have the people there that were capable of doing it and um, I think they're yeah, very ordinary. Uh, as you say, Smith uh, he's not an intercept player normally, he gets a mark here and there when they miss kick but uh, yeah, like the do-days and the hinges, they actually get the hard ones and and they got uh, good disposal as well so uh, that was really lacking just, yeah, Swiss holes in the cheese there, unfortunately Swiss holes in the
0: cheese yep what the fuck is that?
1: Well, I mean, there's
0: just places certain things missing. Holes in the split, uh, yeah. Are you,
1: uh,
0: we're you having know? a good night tonight, mate. Well, you talk about you really
1: about. Well. I'm only talking about cheeses. You were talking about minges. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got uh, a new person here that wants to have something to say. It's Raid. so I'm going to invite you on, mate. Hopefully, your microphone microphone's working. And uh, how are you going? What do you got to say?
2: Hello, how are you? It's actually the Arab child, but I changed my name back to the other one. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> how are you guys? Um, just want to say that if you, to bring some light into this week, kind of, is that it's good to see that our um, picks from 2018 actually started to roll out because apparently that year was a super draft. For example, we've got Isaac Rankin. We've got um, Chase Jones is also playing pretty well. Our um, super little, like, what do you call him? Ahmed McHenry, who comes in and just does something incredible every week in the last quarter. Jackson Hately needs to pick up his game. But it's nice to see that this draft, especially the 2018 first-rounders, are doing all right right now. That's, I'm just, yeah. And the other thing is I want to say, let's just give this week a mulligan. (laughs) Because it was... A wet weather was terrible. We the players seemed really tired. None of them really wanted to be out there, and that's fine. They're just a young team. I think we should just move on. That's yeah, that's what I think of this week.
0: Very good summary, mate. We're going to give it the Ross Lyon Mulligan? Yeah, we should. All right, mate. Thanks yep. for that, mate. Good to see you. Yep. yeah the
1: only, so too, would, the only thing i would the only thing i'll dispute about arab today is about the 2018 draft is uh uh we allowed port to trade the situation to get in front of us to get rosy and we could have had butters so you know um I, i'm glad that jones is actually starting to show that he's going to be a footballer and McHenry, i must admit is a very good super sub whether he's the answer for a full game, I don't really know. So I still don't think 2018 was a super super draft for us. Uh,
0: it, it might turn out to be a reasonable draft for us, but not, mm. not a super draft. Look, Mac. you know, I've put a bit of a rule in place about you looking back at drafts, but I won't disagree with you on that one. Um, you know, Rankin and, and let, let's say, Rankin, uh, Jones and McHenry versus Rosie... Butters and Derzma. Uh yeah. We've been mm.
1: uh, the Rosy Butter things, but that uh, is that. They're two very top players. Um, well, I think one, one, one positive thing I really did like about the weekend and, and that about the game, and, and there wasn't a lot of it, but um, it was really, really good to see somebody go in there in the centre bounce and and uh, clear it, or fight like hell for it. and You know who I'm talking about. Peddler. Peddler. You know he's my favourite. Well, and with very good reason too. He is going to be, uh, over the next two or three years, no injury to hold him back. He's going to end up being a bloody champion. This this guy really, really, when he goes for the ball, he really goes for the ball. I mean, seriously. Some of his stuff is is humongous. I, I just really love watching him, and he, uh, yeah, he's he actually asked him whether he could have a start on the half forward fake and then work his way eventually into the mid. Um, next year in particular, he he'll be probably one of our main men in, in the mid. This guy is. I just love the way he fights for the ball, and uh, once he has got it, he's a good user of the ball. He's got a lovely kick. You no, know, I, I just think he's he's great, and I thought. He didn't get the opportunity um, that, that he should have because he spent some time up forward where the ball wasn't. But once he got a few, a couple of runs on the ball, uh, well, I just thought he showed us what he can really do, and yeah, he's one of the bright things that came
0: out of the game. Yeah, um, we also saw Chase go in and have a few uh, CBAs, which I thought was a good thing, and and didn't disgrace himself as well. So you know, I you know I like Chase's trajectory. Would I like to have seen it? occur a bit quicker absolutely is he the match winner that we hope from a first round pick no um but you know better better than better than having to delist like a Galucci, i guess uh he's an integral part of the side now jones i think um you yes. know with his run run off the wing and rotating through the middle and his ability to push forward so you know i'm i'm comfortable with pardon me with where jones is a couple of questionable uh selections mac we all like we knew a month out that it was going to be cold and wet, mm. um, and I know, and I know that uh, you know we we always want to chop out for O'Brien, but given the conditions, was Himmelberg the right replacement? Oh, I,
1: well, uh, only about three hundred and fifty nine degrees out of the three hundred and sixty out, and uh, it was just a disgraceful. To, uh, uh, selection. that just, he just was. It was going to be useless. You could just see that that the type of game it's going to be, the type of weather it's going to be, uh, the type of ground it's going to be. Um, it just, he wasn't going. To, he wasn't going to. I mean, he certainly wasn't uh, going to bother English.
0: Um, and he's never. He actually rocked a right. He actually rocked a right.
1: Yeah, but, but but it just didn't really add nothing into the game. It just, it still didn't add anything because of the fact. We need the ball. People to get the ball on the ground and get it forward. So, it it, would, it should have been a runner, not 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 him a
0: bit. I think it's wrong yeah. selection. The, well, I guess that's what I'm getting at. I, I would have played a a, a um, you know, a, you know, I would have considered bringing Cook in or someone like that. Um, I thought the Glant inclusion was a good one, and, and lucky, you know, for all the shitty forward delivery, you know, tried hard. Um, he did. I just, I just felt like, um, you know, uh, I understand. Uh, like it, the whole selection seemed a bit programmed. It looked like that we dropped Tex uh, because it was an SNFL buy, so it wouldn't impact the SNFL team terribly much. I felt like we took Ned away from the um, from from the sub role. For no particular reason. I mean, the game was set up for someone like McHenry, and and you know Sam Berry has been playing all right in the twos, but I don't think he warranted coming in. Um, you know, we got no, we didn't. got thirteen disposals from McHenry's last quarter of, of AFL football. We got thirteen disposals from it, and he can't he, and he gets dropped for uh, for for someone who really hasn't been shooting the lights out in the twos. Certainly hasn't been demanding. Um, uh, selection, that's for sure.
1: I think mchenry has got every right to feel uh, hard done by. Uh, As we say, 13 disposals in one quarter, which is, uh, I think, more than uh, uh, what's his name got in the whole whole bloody game.
0: Yeah, Barry. Yeah, Barry Barry. was quite disappointing, and we'll go through some individuals in a second. Um, But uh, I was hoping that the game might be set up for Sam, but uh, I don't know. He's having his... Second year blues, a year late, I think, because he's just not around it at the moment. No, look, he was
1: he he had a good first year and he an even better second year, but I don't know what's gone wrong. He's he's actually hasn't gone on with it this year, and he, and he certainly shouldn't have been picked.
0: No, I don't think so. Well, certainly not on form. And look, SANFL form can be a little bit hard sometimes, and sometimes we've got to ignore it to a degree, but. You know, a midfielder is a midfielder, and, and and a bloke playing midfield who's pushing for AFL selection uh, should be racking up numbers in the twos. I was actually a little bit surprised, um, uh, Macker, and don't fall off your chair. But I was actually a little bit surprised I didn't pick uh, Matty Crouch. Uh,
1: no, I agree. It wouldn't have surprised me. Um, I wouldn't have been upset if they had. It.
0: Well, again, uh, a horses for courses situation, and. um you know, I guess the fact that uh, we've got, you know, Laird in there as the in-and-under player, but given that it was going to be a, a, a bit of a, a contested ball situation, it would have, having Crouch in there, might have actually freed up Sloane to be a little bit more outside.
1: Yeah, and I 100% agree with that. Um, because Dawson was being tagged very, very heavily. Um, he yeah. had somebody hang on to him all the time. In fact, could have received several frees for that, um, but didn't. Um, but I uh, know I thought Crouch would have been actually a very good selection for this game.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's look at some individuals because uh, there were one or two players that tried. Uh, Rory Laird, uh, as per usual with Laird, he did all right. Uh, let's just try and move that down a bit. Chop off his head, the poor bloke. Um... There we go. That looks a bit better. He had 34 disposals, Maka, 17 kicks, 17 handballs. You um,
1: five... can't criticise his effort, playing I thought he tried his guts
0: out. No, I'm not criticising his effort. I'm a no. bit... I'm a bit... Uh, I'm a bit uh, his heat mat looks like he's looking for Mitch Hinge, really.
1: <laughs> or the other. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness me! I
1: don't
0: care. <laughs> Someone has taken the piss there, surely. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, I'm i I'm, I'm dumbfounded. Anyway, uh look, I, I thought Lardi stood up quite well. <laughs> you hit Surf it, didn't you? <laughs> oh dear. All right. Went at seventy four percent disposal efficiency, which uh isn't bad under the conditions. Sixteen contested possessions, nineteen uncontested, turn it over five times three intercepts. The trouble with Leardy is always is that we don't get a lot of meters from him and he often doesn't hit the scoreboard. He had six score involvement, so um pressure rates twenty seven, uh three eighty meters gained, which wasn't terrible, I guess. Um, ten clearances, five round stoppage, five in the guts. Um you know, ten tackles which which when you consider the team tackle number, uh is pretty good. Um I got probably yeah, I like, without I doubt our our best player. You saw my line, yeah, definitely. 100% agree. Um, you know, I, I think the problem was more about configuration. You mean who who, who else was in the uh, middle with him? That Yeah, and just how we kind of set up. I mean, Jesus Christ, after, you know, five minutes of the game, you could see that Bailey Smith was going to have a bloody ball terror. Um, oh. We should have been sitting someone on him, surely, surely to God. Well, he just ran,
1: he ran around like an unregistered dog, as if, no, as if he didn't have an opponent.
0: Well, and you know, it was it was obvious. It was obvious that he was the driver out of their midfield more often than not. And, and we just, you know, uh, rabbit. I would have put keys on him just to just to keep him honest. To be honest,
1: can you tell me what who keys was on?
0: I, I don't really. I think I think Benny Keys is I think I don't think they actually know what to do with Ben Keys at the moment. To be honest with you, yeah, I, I
1: couldn't, I, I just couldn't work it out. Like what he was supposed to be doing?
0: Yeah, Chase Jones, twenty three touches, nine kicks, four handballs, uh, three tackles, kicked a point, uh, had a much more PG um, uh, heat map, which is good. Um, went at sixty five percent disposal efficiency. Had eight contested and ten uncontested possessions, five turnovers, uh, four intercept possessions, uh, only two score involvements. Um, you know, six eighteen metres game though. That's you know he's really starting to put in stats maker that you want off a wing, which is good. He attended yeah. uh, four centre bounces and got a clearance out of out of the centre and also got four round stoppage. Um, only the three tackles. I'd like him to get a little bit more physical because it can be quite physical. Uh, but five-rebound 50s was good. Um, you know, uh, just continuing a very solid vein of form, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, look, I, had him, I probably had him very close to our second best. I, I couldn't, can't think of anybody else that was ahead of him. So,
0: um, I'm actually really disappointed that I didn't think of saying Rory Leeds in a rich vein of form while I was watching his his heat map, but I just didn't didn't think of it at the time, so my apologies.
1: Yeah, no, I think Maid followed by Jones. Well, I think you mentioned the
0: two good ones at the moment. Yeah, I mean, and after that, you know, I mean, Geordie Dawson, as you said, um, you know, got tagged a bit and, uh, you know, he's just come off a little bit. As we said, he's getting a lot of attention at the moment. Um, you know, 12 kicks, 10 handballs, took a mark, six tackles, one goal, one, Um uh, actually I think they might have actually dropped him back in the last quarter, did they Mac
1: well I thought I was actually thinking earlier in the game that he should have gone back um given the given the way the game was going to try and direct it a little bit better but uh yeah, I think he may have gone back late but you know it was just probably pretty pointless at that stage do
0: you know it wouldn't have been a bad move Macco, to, to once we lost hinge it actually wouldn't have been a bad move to get Dawson out of there, out of the contest, and just leave the contest up to Laird and maybe Keys, and yep, I you know agree. that that's that's probably a move in retrospect that they they should have thought of. Um, yep. You know, I mean, everyone wants to see Geordie in the midfield, but when like, you got to do what you got to do, and um, I, I think it might have been a good time to actually. Um, try to get some run for, on that outside of that contest, just get the ball going.
1: Yeah, look, they, they they were wearing uh, wearing him like a second skin. So I think it would have been the, uh, a very good move to move him back there uh, in the back lines because that would have given him uh, the opportunity to float around and direct the back line because they were actually like headless chooks, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, 323 metres gain, so we didn't get a lot of distance out of him. 34 pressure acts was good, seven clearances... Two in center and five round stoppage uh, from fifteen CBAs, um, four inside fifties. You know, it it was a, I guess a workman like game from Jordan, but not a lot of impact. Um, and uh, yeah, so we discussed they probably could have used him a bit better. Mm. Um, you know, again we look at uh, Luke Pedler. And, uh, you know, you see, he had 13 disposals, nine kicks, four handballs, three marks, a tackle. Didn't hit the scoreboard this week, which is a shame. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have to get huge numbers to impact the contest, does he? No. Look, he, as you say, he only had the 13
1: possessions, but I still had him my best players because of the impact that he has when he does get the ball. And. Really, it, the player should lift around him. The way he get, way he goes in so hard for the ball, and he, and he can win a a, a ball off of you know one on one. He just rips it off of him and pushes him away, and off he goes. I mean, uh, seriously, uh, uh, it, 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 like I said he's like a young Dusty. He, he is a little bit like Dusty, but I just think he's going to end up being a little bit class here.
0: Well, the only thing that I'd say about Luke Pedler is that. he's in and out of the game when he's in the game he catches your eye straight away because he's such a bulldog right but he's in and out of the game a bit Um, and we don't get a lot of um, I don't think we get a lot of defensive pressure out of him When, when he's in forward 50 I noticed he didn't have any forward 50 tackles or anything like that this week not that the ball was in our forward 50 much but uh, he's playing that hybrid role where he—they're playing him and Murphy quite high, obviously. But I think it in a game like we had on the weekend, where we're just kicking it up and down the, kicking it up and down the line. You almost need to drop one of them back and have them in and around the contest so that they can actually, um, mm-hmm. actually, you know, impact at ground level. And I, I thought Luke sometimes got caught a bit high up the ground.
1: I'm um- Yeah, I don't know. Look, he he did well when he's on the ball. As you say, he's playing mainly on the half-forward flank. Just the way the ball was being delivered, it wasn't being delivered like precisely. It was just mainly bombed in there and probably not to the advantage of Peddler or uh, the other forwards as well. I I would have hated being a forward uh, yesterday. Um, Yeah, well, if you
0: uh, you look at where most of his possessions are, they're up around the wing, Mac.
1: Yeah, said, well, the way, that, the way that the game was played with the ball, mainly in their
0: area, uh, that's pretty natural that the half forwards is going to come up to there. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I would have liked to have seen him more. Like, the amount of ball that came around that outer wing, and you can see there he's only had two possessions inside forward 50 on that outer side. We kicked a lot of ball to contests around there, and it just seemed to flip straight back out. And I just feel like at times he's playing too high for the for the position that he's playing at, because I, I would imagine that some of those uh, possessions around the middle were when he was actually playing on the ball. Um, but I think we just got to be a bit careful when he's playing in that forward role. He really does need to concentrate on playing that forward role.
1: Yeah, although if you roll the you know the tape back to last week, though, thing he played on a half forward flank and with the but uh, three no, six at CBOs, um, uh, he played the half-forward half, forward, like, half forward position very well. That was because mm. we were bringing the ball in, so he's therefore dropping back deeper. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, he's in a side where the ball's down the other end. So and I think it's just a natural creep-up that you do because you're thinking, hoping to get yourself into the game.
0: Mm. Um, look, I, I'm not going to put too many more up. Uh, there's a couple that uh, disappointed me. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Ben Keys only had the 11 disposals, Mac Aaron. I, I felt like this game was set up for Ben Keys, And at the moment, we're just... Um, I think we're a little bit confused about him. We don't want to drop him because of the intensity that he brings. But is he really bringing the intensity at the moment? I don't know.
1: No. Uh, well, I don't know either, Pete. What do you think? Um, ask me again. <laughs> Have you caught... been on the piss today? No, no. But
0: I was actually reading something. And I just got caught. You <laughs> caught me out. Yeah, you get you. You listen. You look too much at the chat. Who cares what these people say? But I noticed Vardy Magic hasn't put his hand up yet. Um, they were being ben amusing. Ben Keys, we pick him for his intensity, but he's not really like the the game was set up for him uh, this this round. I thought, and yet we only got six kicks, five handballs, four marks, three tackles from him. I would have expected I, he should be disappointed with that effort.
1: Yeah, it, you are it's that type of game that uh, at least when there were pinches uh, and scraps to get into. Unfortunately, though, the game did flow a little bit quickly down going down there in, I think caught him out. Um, it would have been better if there had been a more even game. I think he would have had a more of an effect, but um, he didn't have a good game, I, I agree with it. He didn't get there a lot, and he didn't get into the clinches as much as he should have, and um, I just thought he got caught behind most of the time.
0: Yeah. Um, and we tended to leave him up forward. We only had three centre-bound attendances from Keyes, and, again, it just surprises me that we didn't get him into that mix, particularly uh, as a bit of a hard tag on, on Bailey Smith. Well, it would have been better than doing
1: nothing um, because, as you say, when he was up forward, it was just wasting it, absolutely wasting it.
0: Yeah. Um I thought Darcy Fogarty uh, was a bit disappointing, although I'm, I'm prepared to definitely give the forwards a mulligan this week given the entries, uh, the quality of the entries. But, um, you know, I, I don't know whether Darcy did enough to get up the ground to try and make it harder for them. Um, you know, a lot of his work was done sort of just at 45, if you know what I mean. there was He only got three possessions outside forward 50, Two of them up on the wing, Uh, you know. uh, That's probably where not having Tex hurts us because we didn't have that link player. Um, Not that we would have used it this week because we weren't we weren't transitioning in any sort of cohesive way. Um, But you know, Darcy Darcy's got to find a way sometimes to impact the contest when the when it's not going in our favour. Do you know? I think that's what's going to elevate him from being a good forward to being a great forward.
1: He played too far back uh, because of the fact that you know the ball wasn't coming in deep enough. It was just coming in short all the time. I mean, it, you, we can't really have a real crack at him because of the way the ball was coming in because it wasn't really coming in deep right up into the goal square or uh, very, very often at all. Um, and uh, when we did were kicking it forward, we weren't really trying to kick it to the players' advantage. So many times it was just bombed up there with no uh, particular... Uh, target in mind, so I would have hated being a forward, and uh, you know, I think oh, yeah, 100%.
0: he gets a
1: pass for that. By the same token, he could have actually probably tried to push himself into the game a little bit more by coming up higher, expecting that this is going to be the case because it wasn't getting down uh, deep too often. So that, um, that's
0: kind of what I've, I'm implying, Macker. I, I feel like at times Darcy can be a bit of a slave to how the game's being played. And that's what I mean. I think for for Darcy to elevate himself to the next level, he's got to be able to work himself into the game when it's not on his, being played on his terms, right? I, I would have I would have got on my bike if I was Darcy. And look, it may well have been against team orders or whatever, um, but I, I would have I would have had Himmelberg playing deeper and Fogarty up the ground trying to actually make it more difficult for Jones and taking Jones out of his element, which is obviously, you know, that intercept mark. Um, you know, we did it so well uh, the previous week, um, you know, taking away a, a key interceptor. Um, and we just played into their hands this week. And But I think, you know, um, that's probably my only criticism of Darcy at the moment is that when the game's not played on his terms, he finds it very difficult to change that. You know he's he's a go with the flow type player. If it's working for him, great. Um, mm. But he he can't impose himself necessarily. I can not argue with that. Um, he look, he got
1: very little opportunities. But um, and and as uh, Firewalker says in the chat, that uh, Liam Jones mm. has been in great uh, form as an uh, interceptor. Uh, I, I thought that when they were in competition, that he Jones either marked it or, or sport fogs in the, in the few occasions that they did actually have a, uh, a competition for the ball. But um,
0: yeah, and the That's po- kind of fog- the point, though, isn't it?
1: That's yeah, kind well- of the
0: point. We were actually kicking... We, it, you know, we, we made it easy for Jones just the same as we made it easy for Radagalia a couple of weeks ago against Geelong.
1: Yeah, well, by the same token, really, I just would not want to beat a forward in that way. It wouldn't have mattered. I don't think it would have mattered all that much. What what he really did, I
0: don't think he would have got many more kicks. No, but uh, it might have been involved a little bit more. Anyway, um, look of the rest, I, I don't really. I thought Isaac was quiet. Um, you know, Isaac um, had another brain fade too, running into goal. Oh yeah, that, that was a bloody disappointing. I mean, just... I don't understand whether whether I'm, I'm not quite not quite sure um, what's going on in his head when he's in those situations.
1: Yeah, look, he, he's a guy that can do the spectacular or the ridiculous, and a couple of times lately he's chosen the ridiculous. So, um, but look, he's a bloody good player. Um, he didn't have a good game, but it, I'm sure he'll have good games in the future.
0: Yeah. So look. You know, um, of the rest, Lucky Glant did all right, kicked one goal too, Uh, didn't have a lot of opportunities. But, you know, we only had uh, half a dozen players uh, really contribute in any meaningful way. Um, So, I don't know. Like I said at the beginning, I think it's just a matter of uh, chalking that one up. And the big test, the big test, will be how we bounce back against Brisbane this week, Mac.
1: Yeah, I, I think seriously, um, if we haven't got too many players out injured, I, I think we're a chance. Um, and that might sound ridiculous, but Brisbane are unbeatable virtually at the at the Gabba. Uh, but they're a different side when they're away. They're still a good side. Don't get me wrong. And but and we played uh, well, very B grade football, but. If you go back one week before that, we played excellent football. If we can re- reproduce that type of football against Brisbane, I still think we're a winning chance, believe it or not.
0: Well, at the moment, their their midfield is humming, Macca. And our midfield is still our Achilles' heel. It is.
1: So it is, I but, guess um... that,
0: that's probably my biggest fear at the moment. We, I, I'm not convinced that we've got our midfield set up right. I'm not convinced that we're um, uh, that we're able to uh, control a game where we don't have everything running our way out of stoppage. Um, you know, I, I really do think we have to have a look at how we commit to the contest and who we commit to the contest. Um, and if like we're not going to have hinge this week, I would be considering having Dawson. Um, you know, flick between the middle and half back. Uh, to try and shake a tag and also get him involved a bit. Uh, oh, he'll, he'll be tagged all right. Well, will he be tagged if he runs back off half back? No, not necessarily off half
1: back, but if he, if he plays in the middle, he'll definitely get tagged.
0: So well, I don't know whether Brisbane tag, Mac. I, I'd, I'd be I'd be quite comfortable in saying I don't think Brisbane will tag. They don't need to. No, they to. do. They
1: do. Don't please their tagger. Dunkley, he's, he's a yeah. fantastic tagger because the guy he cuts the guy out that he's on and he gets the ball himself. I, yeah, I, him I don't, hard. I don't
0: call Dunkley a tagger. I just call him a hard midfielder.
1: <laughs> no, he, he's always he's got a job every week. I've been watching what he's doing. Been doing, he plays actually behind his opponent and he waits for the opponent to get the ball and, and then tackle them. Or uh, if you know if it goes slightly to the side, well then he goes for the ball. No, he's he's a very very good player and he's a
0: smart player too. Yeah. Well, the problem we've got in the midfield at the moment is that our young up-and-comers are uh, having lulls in their careers. Schoenberg, uh, you know, is 50-50 about whether he's even going to come on after my uh, uh, early predictions about him. He's really disappointed. And, and Sam is obviously uh, going through a bit of a lull as well, although I'm more mm. confident about him shaking that off. Um, you know, we've the cover's a little bit bare now with midfielders, Um Rankin has proven at times to be okay at stoppage. I'd like I wouldn't mind seeing him a little bit more through centre bounce and see how that goes. Um Rochelle, uh is good when the when uh he gets the run of the ball, but defensively I don't think he's that great in the midfield and we're going to need to be tough against Brisbane.
1: Well, I, I'm totally right. Uh, Saligo. um He is a great try, but again, he had a poor game. Uh, Just, just couldn't get himself in in the right
0: spot.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't through lack of effort, but he just couldn't get himself in the right spot at the right time. He was where the ball wasn't all the time. He'd sort of go there, and it's gone. And 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 you do have games like that, but he had a very poor game by his own standards. But um, you know, I think we Leedy's obviously one person that's got to be in the middle, Um, and then. Dawson probably will have turns in there. Keys will have turns in there. Sloan will have turns in there. But I do think we well, should be. Well, I using
0: mean, well, the this is boys. the thing. We 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 just talk about keys. He only had three centre bounce attendances against the Bulldogs. Will he be in there? Well, he should
1: be. He should be. And he and if he's going to tag somebody, just get him in there. Get him in there. Right, right. From the word go, because um, he can run all day. And but you've also got to give turns. I think you've got to put give Jones turns in there. Uh, it, it just uh, peddler has got, got to get a few more CBAs. Um, you just got to um, get get the boys uh, up and running, Bob. Giving them a chance and an opportunity in the middle. Of them. And if we can even break even in the middle, then we've got every chance of winning the game.
0: Well, I mean, you know that that's obvious. So you know, at, at least we got Muzz back. So. Um... You know, we'll be able to match up okay up forward, but Danaher's in great form at the moment, um, and you just can't afford to ignore him. Uh, Hitwood. So, you know, up forward, they got a, a couple of biggies. Um, you know, they're solid down back with Harris Andrews running that defence. Um, you know, you, you'd expect Tex to come back in for Lockie Gallant unless Tex is actually injured. Um I don't know. Uh, I don't know, mate. There's, I I guess we're a little bit, as, as I said, we're just a little bit hamstrung because of the poor form of a couple of our younger midfielders. Um, time to give Bill Dowling a run. To give uh, sorry, will Billy Billy Dowling a run? Um, it's
1: probably a little bit premature, uh, thing. Um I I think he should get a run this year, but I would be doing that more at the end of the season once he's. Uh, got a lot more uh, meat on him and, uh, well, I mean, I, I suppose you, there's nothing wrong with bringing him in, but you just want to make sure when you bring him in that he is ready to go. So I think the kid is going to be good in the long term, but uh, you just don't want to do it prematurely.
0: Yeah. Um, look, I don't think they're going to have a lot of choices, to be honest with you. Um you know, we got we got a, a one force change with Mitch Hinge. We've got a, you'd think Texford for for um, Lucky Glant. You'd expect Thilthorpe to come back in for Hummelberg if his knees okay. Um, I don't I don't expect to see too many other changes. To be honest with you,
1: no. Do you think um, do we do have enough tools down back?
0: Well, who to are we going to cover? We've got to cover? We got to we got to cover Hitwood, Hitwood and Danaher. So we've got Murray and um, Butts for that those two jobs. Yeah, just thinking if they were to put a rockman up there. or... Um... Well, I mean, Riley O'Brien's going to have to drop back. I mean, look, you know, our problem is our problem is not the bookends, in my opinion, Macker. Our problem is the, is the midfield um, when yep. it's working. It's working well. But I think it relies, as as I mentioned before, it relies on a lot of run from behind, Um, and that's why I would actually um, favour them uh, using Dawson as a hinge replacement, Um, and uh, you know maybe bringing Benny Keys into the middle. Just I I think the same as you to a degree. I think we have to nullify their midfield. I don't think we necessarily need to beat them, but I need I think. We need to stop them from getting quality ball out of clearance, out of stoppage. You know what I mean. Force a lot of secondary ball-ups. You know, force a lot of congestion, and then try to break from behind rather than just try to get clean, clean possession out of out of stoppage. Yeah, I hundred
1: percent agree with that. that. That's what I was thinking before about bringing keys. And the whole idea is, as you said, would be to even if they get the ball, to put them under so much pressure that they don't deliver it. So that you know, it's a even if they do get a kick out of the centre that's that's scrambled out under pressure, which puts the ball back into a 50-50 situation. If we can do that, then we are capable of winning the game. If we allow them to dominate the middle, well, of course, then they will win the game.
0: The key thing for mine, though, to watch out of the whole thing, Maka, is our attitude. I think, you know, we've jumped out of the box. We've been, you know, famous this year for jumping out of the boxes and getting a, a good start. Um, and after you know Darcy's first goal on the weekend looked like we we're going to do that again um we have to bounce back uh, the the attitude is the key if win or lose we need to make sure that mentally we bounce back from this game against the bulldogs and you know it, we're playing a top two side so our expectations should be tempered around that but it shouldn't be tempered around our attitude and our aggression at the ball and I think there should be a lot of players that approach training this week with the intent to erase some doubts about their intensity at the contest.
1: Yep. Um, I reckon it's a situation that whether we win or whether we lose, I think you described it very well, it's how we play the game and and the effort we put into the game and our total attitude um, to try to neutralise the opposition, to get the ball, to use it well, to do all the things that we we did against St Kilda, if we can, even if we lose the game, but we were actually playing very well and they win one like by you know by three or four goals, that's okay. Um, but if it's going to be a, a, a and I can't see it being a replica of this game. We just this was a, we this is something like we haven't played at all this year, so I can't see it playing like that again.
0: But well, I'm, you know, Brisbane will be looking to prove themselves away. You know, as much as the heat is on us to, to bounce back, the heat is on Brisbane to actually show something away from the from the Gabba. So they'll, they'll be playing with a point to prove as well, Mac. And, you know, when you look at the ladder, they, they would be wanting to make sure that they see off uh, any challenges for a top two spot. Because for them, a top two spot is vital. If they are going to have a, a, the best opportunity they possibly can, uh, to play in a grand final, they must finish top two, in my opinion, Brisbane. And they would know that. They've got Port breathing down their necks and they've got Melbourne, you know, who would just sort of seem to be a bit up and down but certainly can beat anyone on their day. So this is an important game. This is Brisbane will be focusing on this game as a win. They will be. They will
1: be. There's no doubt about that. But we should be also doing exactly the same bloody thing. For- oh, well, of I course. Mean, and, uh, you know we've got they've got behind in the fact yeah we were, we were travelling well we we've got a situation we were travelling well and we played absolutely shit house and that's the kindest word that we could actually give give them their what, what they performed it was absolutely terrible so you would not have expected us to perform you, you might have thought we would lose but you would never have thought we would have played down at that level we were down at a very low level so i am sure that all this week it's going to be talking about Forget that game. That was crap. You owe us because you didn't play in that game. You didn't give us what you should be giving us in that game. You should be looked back at that and just say, you feel embarrassed that you actually gave that performance, that you let the team down so badly. And if every player just takes that attitude on board and gives 100% attitude and 100% endeavour and effort and plays as a team, then I think we can actually make their life very difficult. And if we persist with that, maybe even win.
0: Well, time will tell, Maka. but I reckon that's just about it for us. Um, Look, I need to uh, thank everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube this week. Um, Don't forget... um, I don't know what not to forget. (laughs) Um, Don't forget we're back next Sunday night for another weekend wrap. Uh, In the meantime, everyone, stay healthy and happy, and uh, we'll see you then. Good night, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, good auto.